This is Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 85, with guest Daria Sovorova. As you've probably already guessed, today we're shaking things up a bit. Today, I will take over and ask Daria all the questions. Why? Well, because the extraordinary woman behind this podcast, Daria, has so many insights and learnings from her journey at WAA that we can all be inspired by. Daria and I share a unique connection. Not only have we worked together at Klana, but over the past year, I've had the great privilege of supporting her as a marketing specialist, and more importantly, as a friend behind the scenes at WAA. So it just felt right to ask her all the questions today. In this episode, Daria and I will reflect on the story behind the podcast, as well as her personal highlights of Women Authors of Achievement. We'll talk about the balancing act between a full-time job and a side gig, explore all her personal learnings from the podcast, and also then give you a sneak peek into what's coming up in season four. So without further ado, let's get started on the special episode with me, Cara, interviewing the incredible Daria. Make sure to follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any streaming platform of your preference. It's going to be a unique and insightful journey you don't want to miss. Hello, my dear Daria. I am so excited to be here with you in the studio and actually change things up a bit and ask you questions instead of you asking other people questions or asking me questions. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you, dear Cara. <laughs> no, this is uh, very exciting and it is makes me a little bit nervous, I have to say, because now it's going to be 85th episode and answering, there's a lot of questions that people have and they've been asking me throughout the time I had the show. So I hope I can answer them in the best way. And I hope to be as open and transparent about how I face those challenges and this journey. And the person who I wanted to be interviewed was you because I feel like you know me for quite some time. You know, uh, we work we, in the same company. We used to even work in the same team. And you know the struggle sometimes or like the other side of the coin. And I feel like you know my personality. So I was like, this is the person I really want to ask me the questions or please be the first person to interview me on the podcast. So thank you so much, Cara, for preparing this today and for preparing the questions and saying yes to this uh, endeavor, which I know it's the first time for you. Yes, of course. It's a good thing that we're both in here together being a bit nervous since it's my first podcast recording ever as well. And I also hope that I can cover most of the questions people actually have for you and we can dive deep into your journey and your story and uh, I would say we should just kick it off right away. Let's do it. I feel like a lot of people don't actually necessarily know the story behind Women Authors of Achievement so I want to ask you what inspired you to start this podcast and how has this experience been so far for you? That's a big question. <laughs> That's a big question. It all started with me doing something on the side, whenever I had a full-time job, there was always a, some kind of side gig I had. And back in the days when I lived in Hamburg, I had my full-time job as a legal consultant. And then I started learning about Web.3, blockchain technologies. And I decided to support this amazing woman who is a founder of Moin World in Hamburg and help her co-organize a conference. Because I realized there was not many women in the scene. And this was just the beginning, like this was 2016, 17. 
when the topic became more like now everyone is talking about NFTs and blockchain technologies. Back then it was just so early. And oftentimes I was very curious about the topic, but I was always the only woman almost in the room or just like among other few women. And I thought to myself, like, let's do this conference, which is very woman oriented. It's like kind of focused on bringing that diversity and inclusion and educate people about blockchain technologies, how they can contribute to this upcoming economy, like how they can be driving this innovative force forward. I did two of those conferences, which was very intense because doing a conference inside of your full-time job, that was a, a wild ride because you get all the sponsorships and the speakers and the agenda. And it was a great experience. And from that, I met a lot of people who inspired me and very interesting. And later on, I had this kind of, again, it was just all happening naturally. Someone said, like, let's host a dinner together for women in tech in Web.3 in Berlin. And, you know, Hamburg, Berlin is not that far from each other. So I was like, sure, you know, I'm saying yes to things. So I decided to do that. We did the first dinner. And after that, I started hosting those dinners regularly, like around like every two months. And people wanted to come back. They said, look, you have such a warm, friendly, welcoming environment that every time we leave the dinner, we meet a new person that becomes our friend or a business partner or investor. Like they feel very not like a typical networking where it's very cold, transactional. It feels very warm, intentional, and at the same time, meeting very interesting women. There's like a check mark on all those points. And I hosted maybe like over like 25, like around 30 dinners like that over like a period of two years. And the group started with like 12 people and then grew for like over 200 people very naturally. There was like no marketing behind it. It was not like or getting like a lot of attention. It was my more like undercover hosting dinners. Yeah. And then, the, you know, I thought like I'm just going to continue as it is. And suddenly the pandemic came and that kind of ruined all my plans. Like for most of the people, I just couldn't do those dinners anymore. And that was the moment where another good friend of mine and everything is a chat. It was like just a coincidence. And he was just talking to me. And I remember it was like spring 2020. And his name is Sebastian Couture. So in case he's listening to this uh, episode and he's from Canada, he's based in Paris. And he recorded some episodes sometimes in Berlin's studio at Full Note. And he was like, you know what? Why don't you do a podcast? Because he was asking me, how are the dinners doing? And I was like, well, they're not really doing anymore because of the pandemic. We can't bring people together, the restrictions. And Sebastian was like, well, why don't you do a podcast? And to be honest, first time he said it, I kind of ignored it because I was like, why Why would I do a podcast? I'm not a journalist. Like, I'm not trained to do that. I mean, what you were just saying, right? Like, I don't, I'm not sure this is the first time. And I was feeling the same. I was really like someone asking you to do something which you never done before and to you does not make sense anymore. Now, that's what we're going to talk about later, about my personality change. Now, when someone asks me to do things I never done before, I'm like, yes, let me figure this out. Back then, I was so intimidated and nervous about that opportunity. Like, I actually thought, you know, maybe he's joking or something. And then he followed up again. I remember one time I was even hiking or something. And literally, like, he's calling me when I'm somewhere, like, on the mountain range. And he's just like, hey, Daria, just checking in. Have you started the podcast yet? Like, how is it going? And I was like, look, I thought you were joking. Like, are you really think I should do it? He said, yeah, because A, you have this amazing community of women. So you have already the guests you need for the show. And the most toughest part for podcasters at the beginning is to find the guests. And I already was hosting the dinners. I did the conference before. 
So I had already this amazing list, a range of women I could interview. Then he was like, well, you have a nice voice where <laughs> it's a compliment. But he said, your voice is, is good for podcasting. Like people will enjoy it. It's not high pitched. It's not too like intense. You have a good intonation. Like it's just naturally seems like a good fit. And there was another third thing he mentioned. He said, I'm very curious. Like I like asking questions. Like, and he knew that because when I was in the blockchain scene, I would always ask speakers about how, how did they come up with an idea? How was the fundraising for them? So I would always ask questions. I was not a very passive person, extremely proactive. And that's why he said, look, this is a perfect characteristic for you to be a podcaster. So just do it. Just try it out. Just like see how it goes and don't overthink and just interview friends. So he was very like pushing me, but in a very light way. And I just had to say yes to that. And basically, I think things in life just fall into place and you need to be like sensitive. I always tell people you need to be sensitive, like you almost have a skin feeling for just trying something and give it a go. And you don't even know what will be the result of it, how this will look at the end, but you just feel like this is the right thing to do. It makes sense at this moment. I don't have answers to all questions, but along the way we're going to figure out. But the feeling, the gut feeling tells you like, do it. It's, it's a good thing. And then you just have to grasp this chance. Like, and I feel like life gives all of us so many of those moments and opportunities. But people sometimes like, it's not the right timing. I'm really not sure if it's a good opportunity. I'm not sure I'm in the right fit. And a lot of times people miss those chances in life. And we don't get many of those. I think they happen for a reason in life. And you have to be sensitive and self-aware to take them. Or at least to give it a try. You can always say no afterwards. But at least take the chance and try this out. And that's what the podcasting was for me. A hundred percent. And I, we also talked about this before, how important gut feeling is and how important it is to listen to yourself and think, okay, is this something that I can do and should I take action on it? And I think it's amazing that you actually literally from organizing events just took it into your hands and organized all these dinners. You really can't take that for granted. What I'm curious about now is, As you said, you did dinners a lot before you started the podcast. Then came COVID, which was a huge moment of change for a lot of people. And dinners are, or face-to-face -face communication and connection for are so crucial for dinners. How did you manage to adapt this intimacy and this energy that you have from dinners and bring it into the podcast? How did you manage to continue this feeling and energy? It's a very good question. <laughs> I wonder if I'm managing that, but since you're asking, I guess I do. I think the answer to that is, and it's very difficult for me to answer that because I have to, I, get, I don't know, self-compliment myself answering this. But when I host dinners or when I do events or getting people together, I think I'm a very warm person and my energy, like the energy doesn't lie. I mean, sometimes I have like good and bad days. Sometimes I'm I'm feeling a little bit tired, but overall I feel like I'm a good person. I mean... I hope so. I'm working on it. I'm working, trying to become better. And people know and feel that when they were at those events. And as a podcast host, you have to have that energy as well, because people feel it through the voice. They feel it through the questions you ask. They feel it through the exchange you have with the guests. So sometimes people gave feedback. They were like, when we listen to your podcast, we almost feel we're sitting at the table with you and the guest. So It doesn't feel like you and the guest are somewhere on the pedestal and we're just listeners, like we're far, know, away. far away, but we feel we're part of like your conversation very much included. 
you also don't have like those side jokes with your guests or like side story. You feel very inclusive in the way how you interview people. And I never thought of that. It's hard for me to say if that's the case. But I guess that kind of transitions to being meeting with people in person, hosting things, but also being a podcast host, creating that warm, inclusive feeling. And I always say that people will not remember what you said, but people will remember how you made them feel. And whether it's real events, meeting people in person, whether it's a podcast, people remember what kind of feeling they leave after listening to the podcast. And some people reach out to me and they say, I feel very inspired. I feel motivated. I feel the urge to create and do things. And sometimes people feel very calm after this because it's not very intense conversation. Sometimes it's very calming, but gives me still a nice direction in life. So I think that kind of transitioned, but the real community effect came into play in 2023 when I started hosting the events with a two-year anniversary event and other live podcasts. That's, I feel, like when people started coming together in one room, listening to the live podcast, connecting with each other. And that's what I think brought that sense of community, which was not as present maybe when the podcast was only digital only. Yeah, I mean, I can honestly say, having known you now for a while and also having seen how you host all different kind of events, whether that's just an intimate dinner at home or lovely dinner with a WAA or even just bigger scales. And I'm, I'm sure it was the same at the conference that you did years ago. You really have a talent for that. I'm wondering where you picked that up. I mean, did you learn that when you first organized these conferences or where did you pick this talent up as a person to be a good host? <laughs> a talent. I think it's a talent because it's, <laughs> really create making people feel connected making people feel very comfortable regardless whether they know the other people in this room or not it is a talent it's something very special and I know it or I can see it because I've been to many events before and it has never felt that way you're really good at it really good at it in case someone haven't attended events now they're like <laughs> I'm doing it next year like I'm being part of it I do feel like it has to do with empathy. I'm a very empathetic person. And when I host events, like I'm very much, first of all, attention to detail. There's a lot of things I look at. Like it's very important for me that it makes sense. The flow, how the people are, the energy, the lighting, the atmosphere. And I'm just very empathetic. Like I want people to smile and I want to make them smile. And I'm trying to anticipate what should I do during that event or occasion to make them feel like that and wanting to come back and, and also feeling relaxed. I also try to think where would I want to spend my time because time is so valuable, where I want to spend my time, what kind of event that would be and what kind of feeling I want to leave with. So technically I'm trying to, like the standards I request for myself, I want to also project to the events I'm doing. So I usually, when I go to events, I'm looking forward to great atmosphere, great location, where I'm like feeling this is inspiring, this is new, this is different. So it's a bit of an eye candy that it's something to leave and be like, wow, this is not a usual thing. This is very special evening. I look at attention to detail. I feel I want to be cared for, whether it's the drinks. I really like when people really think through like whether it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic drinks, but they have a nice range of delicious wines because, again, you just don't want to just be there and eat or drink something which you will not enjoy. It's a, Even if it's a networking or community event, it has to be like good quality. Like you're putting your time into this evening. And then like when it comes to like nibbles and food, like everything has to come in place, maybe like a little gift, 
you know, it all comes together like a beautiful setup that people leave and they know, look, I've met good people, like it attracts good people. So I met good people. I had a really good time. Even if I would not meet the great people, I still had a great time because I had this wonderful food and drinks. And then I also, it was valuable. I left with some kind of new knowledge. Like I have an insight into something. I feel motivated to start my own thing. So there's also value to that. And I think all of this is very important and it comes together. So, and as I said, the standards I expect when I go to events, I just apply the same standards. And maybe one thing just to add when I was talking about launching the podcast, you know, one thing is like being very intuitive, listening to the gut feeling, going with the flow a little bit and starting a project. But the second part of it is execution, which is for me very important to do on professional level. So when I started the podcast back in 2020 and launched it in 2021, of course, there were things I was just picking up naturally. But when I started working on the brand, on the name, on my first guests, that's when I got very serious about execution. I was like, okay, if I'm doing it now that I have I picked up this new challenge for myself, I'm excited about it. But when it comes to executing, I really make sure it's on a very professional level and it's above the expectations of people, whether it's the guest I interview, whether it's the branding of the show, whether it's anything that people expected. They were like, wow, we thought it will be like a side gig thing. It looks so professional. And that's what I want to do also, whether it's a podcast, whether it's events, just going always extra mile and being delivering on a high quality product at the end of the day. I can definitely confirm that. I don't even know <laughs> talking about events. I don't even know how many times we moved chairs and flowers until Dario was like, yeah, now it's fine. Now it's perfect. I like it. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm not always like this. You know me. Sometimes I also let go. Yeah. But it's the things that already people want to see. But you now. can see how much you care about these yeah. things. And that's important. As long as you care, it shows that how much effort you put into it. Now, talking about the energy and the feeling that you want to create through WAA, let's go back a bit and look at season three, actually, from last year. Were there any intentional changes or evolutions that you did compared to the previous seasons? What did you pay special attention to for the last season? Season three we're talking about. Yes. Still ongoing. Still five more episodes to go. <laughs> Which is crazy. I cannot believe that this is uh, like this season yeah, is coming to an end. Yeah. Every season is basically 30 episodes. And I'm just already fascinated. It feels like I just launched season three yesterday and it's already like five more episodes to go. How is this even possible? You know, like uh, I wanted to have a bit of a freedom as a creator. And there was a moment where I was like, I did season one, season two, where I interviewed like a lot of founders in the business tech scene, a lot of investors. And there was a moment I was like, you know what, I want to experiment with season three. Like, I feel very, like, strong on my feet now. I have a good foundation. People trust me. They trust, you know, who I interview, how I do it. There's a really good reputation around the show. So now I want to go wild. <laughs> now I want to bring something unexpected to my listeners and to the community. And also evolve as a host in a way that challenge myself a little bit, talk to people outside of my comfort zone, invite to the podcast people I usually maybe don't work or interact in a daily basis. And, you know, this is, could be like thinking of season three, like I interviewed perfumer, I interviewed founder of a high-end jewelry brand, founder of biotech and a future food startup. I interviewed someone from a film industry. We talked about women health, intimate health, I spoke to a journalist and really understanding how journalism in Germany works. 
I talked to a DJ. I talked to a, a person who's working in the music industry in the hip hop scene in, in Germany and an artist. So it's like really a whole range of such incredible women that are like shakers and movers in their own field. And they are shaping the city of Berlin in their own fields, like in a very different way. And for me, that was, again, women who are authors of their own achievement, like and they're authors of their own life and what they do and how they create an impact. And for me, that was the the challenge where I was like, I want to talk to them. Like, I want to understand how they do it in their own way. And it, it's also a new experience to me. And I feel like a lot of listeners appreciated that different perspective. I love that you want to live your creative freedom. It really is a testament also to your curiosity, as you said at the beginning, that you really want to ask anyone questions and you're super open to it, that you can always learn from anyone, regardless of the background. So that clearly shows that you had a very wide range of inspiring women in season three and still five more upcoming. Yeah. Can you already share some of the highlights from this season? What were really moments that stood out to you so far? And also going back to the previous question, like it's also about having fun along the way. If you have a podcast or if you're a creator and have a side gig, you should have fun along the way. And things can be challenging. And I think we're going to talk about challenges afterwards. But you need to have fun. And one of the fun things is like you're not just interviewing people because someone asked, but you interview people because you're like, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm so curious. I'm dying to ask you questions. And people feel that as well, that energy. They know that you're doing it not because someone asked you to do or because they're predicting that, but because I felt like it. And they also then they trust my decision and the reasoning why I picked this person at this particular moment. And did your community ever say, hey, Dari is such a, an amazing interview. Can you interview this person, that person? I'm curious about this industry or that topic. You're such an amazing interview. <laughs> compliments, more compliments. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I, I get suggestions quite often and I really like them. And I got su suggested uh, guests who are very, also very different to who I interviewed before. So I appreciate when people like, you know, they're challenging me a bit. It might not be immediate, so it's not, it can be like a next season or something. But I always save the names and like I come back to that later on and feel like, is this the time for this person? So for sure, it's very exciting. And coming back to season three, I think I'm very diplomatic. I feel like Every guest is very special. Every story is very special. And I never highlight my ultimately favorite episode because when I just scroll through the whole list of the episodes I recorded, every single guest brings something else. It's maybe their personality, which is different or similar to me. And I learn and I get inspired by that. It could be like the theme, the topic they introduce and they talk about when I'm just like blown away by like how innovative and different it is or it could be their personal story where I'm just very touched and I get goosebumps like I sometimes even like have almost like tears in my eyes when I record because it gets so emotional because people are so open so it's it always very different and that's why I say it's every episode is for different moods sometimes you want someone to be like straightforward and energetic and sometimes you want someone to be actually calming and reassuring of what you're doing already and we started the season with Nadine Michelberger and I think that was just a highlight because She's the founder of Michelberger Hotel. It's the first time I interviewed someone from the hospitality industry and talking to her about Berlin in the 90s and how it's like to be a founder of a hotel. And then also how she'd been working on the farm, Michelberger Farm as well, which I visited past summer. And uh, that was already like a good start into the season. I knew like from here on it's just only going to get better. 
then having Alexandra Bondi D'Antoni, who was came to the studio and she was so open and spoke about her life, her incredible inspiring grandmother, which she would took photos of also for Vogue and other editorial work she did with her grandmother. It was just incredible to see that woman and her sense of style. But also, like Alexa, she really opened up on the show about mental health and the burnout she was experiencing during her times as executive editor at Vogue. That was a moment I really appreciated the trust that we had. I was so nervous to receive this information and that she was so open and so grateful. I left the studio with a full of gratitude that we had such a conversation on the show. And then I had uh, Mirna Funk, you know, who is a, it's challenging the traditional feminist narratives. She's always looks at th- things from different perspectives. She's so straightforward and funny at the same time. And I just love how people sometimes agree with her, completely disagree. But she owns her story and she owns her personality. And it was great to have such a guest on this show. Again, very different to everyone before. Annabelle Manding, you know, we did a live podcast with her and she's this renowned German actress who openly, and that was the live podcast where I just had goosebumps. Everyone was clapping to her every single moment because she's so entertaining and she was so funny and open. And like the whole, you could feel the energy of the room as she spoke. And, you know, she talked about surviving multiple serious accidents in her life and how she became stronger from that. She didn't give up. She didn't disaffect her personality. She was becoming stronger and better. And also, you know, she talked about the structural discrimination in the film industry and what she had to face. And again, she continued her mission and she believed in herself. Another amazing guest. And to be honest, like I can just continue. This episode will never end. This will go forever because I will have to talk about every single guest in the show. But all of them are so amazing. And I think it only gets better right from here. (laughs) That's true. And I mean, Every guest always brings a very unique perspective. I don't know if the listeners have listened to all of the episodes, but it's really amazing how diverse the topics are, how wide-ranging the topics are, and the personalities. Has there been any guest where they challenged your assumptions or changed your perspective on a specific topic? That's, again, tough for me to answer. I think everyone did, like, bit by bit. Everyone I talked to on the show, because I asked the questions, I draft those questions, I draft the script, and I usually leave the studio thinking about a lot of things the person shared. I especially get inspired by people talking about very challenging times, very challenging times, whether surviving accidents or experiencing a a lot of no's in life or launching, I don't know, four startups where all of them kind of failed or things like big failures where you talk to a person who today you associate with big success And suddenly you learn about all this tough life situation they went through and you're just like, how are you even still so optimistic and strong and continue doing? And this is something that just gets me up in the morning and continuing also with my own mission with the show. It taught me to be positive and grateful for what I have. It taught me to not complain. It taught me to always think about some people even have tougher situations, some people even dealing with worse things. So you got this. It's a process. Things take a while. And sometimes you get a lot of no's. Sometimes it gets very difficult along the way. But remember of the guests you spoke, they got over this. They're smiling today and they actually learned from that experience. And I think that's a very great lesson. I almost feel like that's a common thread with every guest I have. Because if you want to be an author of your own life, if you want to be an author of your own achievements in life, You need to go through tough decisions and tough times. 
that's where you how you have a growth, whether it's a personal growth, professional growth, but usually it goes through those tough experiences and then you see a light in the end of the tunnel. And then again, it's a tough experience when you have to really overcome challenges. You're almost there to give up. But then when you get to the end, there's again growth and this light and there's a beauty in that process. And of course, you don't always have to have that, but that's kind of this entrepreneurial spirit of my guests. For sure. And talking about this entrepreneurial spirit and also the learnings that you have along the way, I believe that we can also learn a lot from you. At least me personally, I sometimes wonder how on earth you manage to have a full-time job with lots of travels and at the same time have the side gig where you're so, you put so much effort into the quality and making sure every guest is welcome. You have dinners, you have so many events that you're invited to as well. Like what kind of strategies or routines have you built up for yourself or you developed to maintain sanity or have a balance between everything? Very good question. It's just, you don't. <laughs> it's just all on the outside. <laughs> it's all insane on the inside. I meet people and they're like, wow, you look very calm and everything. And I'll be like, all on fired up inside. No, it's a very good question. And I'm still learning so much and I have really good days and really bad days. And that's the fun part, I think, of entrepreneurship or doing your own thing is because like you have really good days when you just like get you so fired up and excited and motivated they kind of carry you through and then you also have bad days which are tough but you still remember of those like good things or some things to look forward to or there comes amazing comment or feedback people saying like look your podcast have been really inspiring today and got me out of bed and I was listening to it while walking a dog and then it you're like you have, I have to continue you know but overall I would say I don't strive for perfection. We did talk about doing events and showing the care. So this is very important, like professionalism, executing at high level. But there's something different from perfection. Like I let go when I feel it's too much. Like I, I know when to stop and not trying to do too perfect because I just know I'm driving myself crazy and people won't notice on the outside. So there is a balance there. I really love the 80-20 rule in general, focusing a lot on the output of what I do and less of the input. Like what kind of problem I'm solving or what kind of output I want at the end. How can I do all the tasks and work around that, but not focusing what I need to do to start on that project or something. There I try to be very quick because if you just focus on the input too much and like planning, organizing, you're just going to lose the fire when it comes to actually delivering, whether it's an event or an episode, whether it's a collaboration. So I'm very efficient there. I also make sure that something, and that's something I learned over the years, having a full-time job and a side gig, because things, you know, people on the outside, it looks very smooth, but of course there's life and life has its ups and downs. And what I learned is, a, you know, I make sure my emotions are in control and no matter how stressful things are in my life and there are moments where they can be stressful, I strive, or at least I strive to maintain clarity and calmness. And, and I think those two words, clarity and calmness, you can climb the mountain range in clarity and calmness and suddenly everything becomes possible because it's just a mindset. When you are starting to be too emotional and you fall into this root of anxiety and anger and rage, sadness, like those emotions distract you from solving the problem. Those emotions take energy from you to get to the end point of the output to get along with the project to continue what you're doing because they just drag you down 
so that's why any work-related things, I try to always, like, even if I have get emotional, I step back, I give myself, like, a little moment. And as soon as I'm in a state of clarity and calmness, I try to resolve the problem. And I'm not saying that emotions are bad. Emotions are really good. In my personal life, I try to embrace it. <laughs> I, you know, laughing. If I need a moment for, like, getting a bit teared up, that's also fine. Emotions are really good. But there's just something about having it in your personal life and something to disconnecting it from your daily work life because otherwise it just becomes too much. And I think that's just a general advice to what you ask me, how to stay sane. And that helps me to stay sane. And do you have specific routines i don't know to keep to get to this moment of clarity and calmness like do you listen to music do you go for a walk it's a overall discipline of your emotions there was a moment that i just don't pay attention if something is upsetting happened i put aside i focus on like what i have been doing today so there's example like i was um two weeks ago in new york and i had a recording coming up with a guest and i learned that the studio i'm usually recording is is flooded like there's water everywhere and I'm in New York super busy with my full-time job and I had to deliver a project there so I have no time to resolve this and when I received those news being like different time zone being super busy having a guest coming up like I just was like there was a moment I was like how on earth is this like what a bad coincidence why is this happening right now when it's like the end of the year I just have two recordings to go like I don't want to deal with this but clearly I need to deal with it And there was a moment where I was like jet lag, tired after flight, and I almost want to be like show irritation towards it. And there was a moment of like, okay, I mean, I complained a bit. I have to be honest. I complained a bit. And then I was like, well, okay, we either just cancel it. It's fine. Or let me see what, what could be a quick solution to this. And, and so I, I just do that. I just allow things to settle down. And whether it's continuing, carrying on with the day allows it or having a walk outside Or having a bike ride. So you give it a minute until you can rationally think yeah. about it and then make a decision. Okay. It could be also at home, you know, just making a quick coffee and then coming back to it and then reevaluating. Okay, maybe I can approach this differently. But it's important to, like, I feel like to stand up and change a little bit and have those moments. Like, sometimes I have maybe a general heavy day, then it's going for a run and getting the energy out. But sometimes you have this energy that needs to be released in the way. and You can do like, a, it could be something tiny with like cleaning something, or it can be just having a walk around outside. And it's just incredible how suddenly the brain is so funny. It's just, you trick it. You make it like the brain wants to focus on it and you trick it and you're like, let's focus on something else. Forget about it. And it forgot about it. Suddenly your mood is in balance. Everything is fine. So you just have to know how to trick your own brain to not allow this thought to continue consuming you. And there's another example, which I was listening Whenever people have that moment of like stress and anxiety experience, you have to imagine, usually we have that experience when the brain sees like, imagine a one TV and the, there's this like TV frame and it has an outcome. And usually we feel stressed and anxious because we see one outcome. Like we're all doomed. Like you, you hear the news, you read the news, maybe what's happening in the world. Then you get some notification, a job, and you just have one picture of how everything is just going to be really bad very soon. And that really makes you feel terrible. But what the psychologist suggested in those situations, and I was like watching a program, is to imagine that you have a different screens, like 10 different screens, and you visualize it, and each screen has a different outcome. So you technically tell yourself in your brain, 
you give a cue that, you know what? Yes, the situation is dire. I got bad news, but this is an option. This is the option in three months. This can look like this in two months like this. And then suddenly that also allows you to be in a state of calmness and clarity and think clearly that maybe these news are not so bad and maybe there are other options for you and other ways how to solve this situation. And do you feel like this is something that you learned now since you started the podcast or are there any other things that you literally developed in since starting that podcast? Yes, I would say partially true because I used to have more time before. And when you have more time, you have more time to overthink and contemplate. Now I have very less time in my life. And I actually, when I have free time, I want to have a good time. So I don't want to spend time contemplating if, if something didn't work out, someone didn't reached out back to me or I didn't hear an answer. So I'm way more efficient because I'm like, wait a second, my time is very important. It's very valuable. So why should I use this time to be in a bad mood? Instead, let me, you know, let me just focus on some kind of relaxation or something that I mentally, physically need right now. It could be yoga. It could be having a spot, like doing good to me or just um, doing something productive. Mm -hmm. But the time aspect is very important. And before I feel like I used to have more time and therefore I would used to have more time to maybe think about things and get upset about things longer. And now I just like, hey, there's no time to like, let's do this. You know, there's a funny gif. <laughs> it's a very inappropriate gif, but it's a funny gif. It's like a guy sitting in a banana and the banana looks like a, it's like a banana car. Like, that sounds like and very much like a meme that you would look at. Yeah. And the other guy is looking at him and like, what are you doing? Like, why are you in a banana car? And the guy's like, hey, don't ask, just get in, you know? And this is kind of the situations I'm in. Like, don't ask, just let's carry along or just like get in. We're going to figure this out, you know? So this is like a way to approach things. Nice. Okay, then let's <laughs> banana car. Okay, I'm going to jump on the banana car now and I'm going to drive with you. I really love this can-do mentality that you have. It's something that I really admire because I usually need a calm moment to make decisions. I like to sort all my thoughts before I do something. And you're very just, I'm going to do it now. And yeah, I believe a lot of us can learn from that and get inspired by it. And as part of that, as a host, you also had the privilege to dive into the stories of so many accomplished women. What are some personal learnings or like shifts in perspective that you have experienced that you took away from all the interviews that you had and all the conversations that you had that you still carry with you now? What we touched upon a bit is that the best decisions are tough decisions in life. And don't be afraid. Don't let the fear lead you. It's still very important to go with the flow. So as I said, like life gives you those opportunities, chances to meet a person, to take on an opportunity, to change your career or start a project. So you can decide, you know, and don't force things in life. I also feel like sometimes people forcing things that maybe just not meant for them. It's different from working hard towards a goal. It's a bit different concepts. But this idea of taking on tough decisions and also carrying on with them is a very good approach. And I feel like a lot of guests have been doing that. And another part is like everything is possible. You can create a very interesting and successful life for yourself, but it means like taking things in your own hands. And as I said, like not allowing the fear to guide you. And whenever I have guests on my show, I notice that they're very reflective and they have always taken life in their own hands, like in decisions. They own their life. They're like they have the full ownership in terms of like decisions they make and how they guide themselves through their life. And 
they don't follow life just because like here's a promotion here's a you can take that you can do this like they just don't follow things for like 20 years and then you know you look back and you're like wait i never wanted to do this like this was not me during the different periods of their life they stop for a second and think like should i be here is this for me should i continue with this working at this company or should i start my project they're very reflective and they take pauses and because we're all running we're like on sprinting through life we're so busy we're like we're flying through life and then sometimes people are like i actually didn't want to live this life or actually always wanted to do something else and i think what i noticed with my guests is like forcing yourself to make a pause ask yourself have that conversation with yourself is this where you want to be is this what you want to do and if not making those unexpected turns and twists in your like life story in your own biography is very important because at the end of the day you don't want to have any regrets later in life and you want to know that you've done your best to build your own life and build the life that you want to live and you feel that's also success right that's a success to be happy and to know that you're living the life that you've built and you've crafted not just because things came into place just because your parents wanted you to become something and i think that's very important and that's a very a learning also for me along the way uh, as i listen to the guests and of course people have different circumstances you can't always just drop everything and chase your dreams there's always different aspects in life that stop you but that gets you thinking on where do you want to take your life next and i think that's a good question that's a good thinking to have in your life and ask yourself from time to time for sure and i mean a part of these turns and twists as you touched upon earlier also ups and downs What would you say are the key challenges that you often have? I know since I'm working also behind the scenes a bit with you, it's not always rosy and dandy. What are some of the key challenges that you've been facing and that you have to overcome? The key challenges is the lack of time is often a challenge. Like there's a lot of things that you cannot just fit in into the day and you cannot do. I'm still, you know, getting a lot of no's. I feel like I'm lucky to say that I'm getting a lot of yeses and suggestions because people know me, they trust me, the brand is trusted, it has a good reputation. So there's a lot of yeses and a lot of things people just want to try out, but still there are no's. Like still there that happens. And that's a challenge. You know, sometimes you just don't want to hear it and things are not working as planned. You know, working also with people can be unpredictable in good and bad ways, of course. Like not everything is rosy. You know, sometimes people have different expectations or they want a different setup. So you always have to deal with like all those like fluctuations and also this is can also be parts where like are emotional and you always need to stay calm and think with clarity. And I still think that knows they allow you to learn and become better. I think that the worst thing is like having no feedback and and it's amazing to receive positive feedback, but it's also good to receive a feedback which is like it's a no or it's not interesting for me because you start asking yourself what what can I do better or what is your audience? It's a waking call for also your ego because you're so used to getting like all the applause for, you know, what you're saying like I have a great talent to do this and so it get can get so comfortable that you start growing. So sometimes the other way is also uncomfortable it kind of makes you like yikes i didn't want to read that but then you're like well you know what maybe they're right i can improve on this part so that's a challenge and a learning and you also need to understand that you're here for a marathon not a sprint which means understanding how work with yourself your body your head in a way that you can do it on a very long term way with a long term results and not exhausting yourself so that's a very challenging but important 
thought to keep in mind whatever you're working on. It clearly shows that you need a lot of patience and perseverance. Uh, we talk about it also regularly, uh, especially for this project or especially when trying to build a community, right? Getting people together is maybe easy, but having them feel something and build a connection, that is really the key part that takes a lot of time, uh, and, which is amazing. And oftentimes, like, you can't really show also, like, your mood because, like, things happen in life, but you need to stay maintained. And one aspect which I would say is uh, also very present in my life is, like, I did competitive tennis early in my life, and that taught me discipline, and that taught me how to wake up every morning, 5.30 a.m., go running, then you go to school, then you do homework on the way to training, then you train. So I had this early in my life, this understanding of like discipline and also every good thing, if you want to have results, it has to be continued through day to day and it requires consistency and consistent input. And I think that also is something which is challenging for many, also still for me, but I know about this challenge. I know that, hey, good things take time. You need to stay persistent you need to stay consistent with how you approach things to get where you want to get or to continue your mission that's a, like a balancing act as well because sometimes deep inside you want to be like i want results now or i want this now or i want this guest now but it also means you need to pause and i think mirna funk said it in the episode that sometimes things take 10 years until you can see the effect and i feel that could be the same for you especially also when building a community so that's part of the challenges. But of course, there are also super high highs apart from the lows. Is there any moment, memorable moment that you can share from last year that really stuck with you from one of the live events? Absolutely. Oh, my God. The year with like five live podcasts has been so exciting. It's just like it's incredible. Like you see people coming into the room and applauding to the podcast and, you know, tagging along. It's so amazing. And I think... When I did the two-year anniversary celebration beginning of 2023, I think it was 2nd of March, I was just not even sure, like, you know, how this will be and people will come and this will be a success or not. Like, it was just very spontaneous. And then 200 people were in the room. Like, people were queuing outside. Like, I still remember this crazy feeling. Like, crazy. people were queuing, like, for a very long period, like, up until the street and very excited to be joining in and being part of the space and there were like not enough seats and everyone still had a good time uh, that was a true like pinch me moment because that was the moment I was like this is just so cool what you know I've created with WA and this community that has formed around it and this interest that people have and amazing feedback this must be repeated and someone was sending me like a picture from the queue and they're like Taria we're queuing for your podcast and I was like These words were just crazy. Like, I couldn't believe that and so flattering. And, you know, also like having people just in person coming up and saying, hey, I've been listening to the show from the start when you launched it. And I know your voice, but I never know how you looked. And now I can say hello in person. I'm just like, wow, you've been listening for all those two years and you're still there. Like, you're so loyal. And thank you. Like, I, I'm just so grateful for this people. I'm just like, wow, I really hope you're spending a good time with my show. Like, I really hope you're like, it's valuable for you because you're putting your precious time into listening to me interviewing a guest. It's very special, like very special to know someone spends time on what you do and it brings value to them. It also makes you feel very responsible for the content and the work you do. And 
I think I was also loved the moment where like when I recorded episode with Annabelle, so I was like people were clapping they, on everything Annabelle said and and cheering up and there was such energy in the room. I was like laughing also, felt like laughing every second question I asked. So that was just a very, like the energy in the room was just electrifying. And same when we did the last event at Singular Society in September, you could see how people were prepared coming to the evening. Like everyone just came with a great mood and great smile and were very open-minded and just looked very neat and respectful of each other. Like there was some kind of energy of like respect and the unity on that event. And I also loved that. I could feel that. So every time those five different live podcasts, very different energy, very different feeling to it, but also memorable experience, which makes me want to do more of it for sure. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to say it wouldn't be a proper conversation with you if we wouldn't talk about all the things that you're already planning for next year. So tell me what exciting plans or themes can we expect in 2024? Ooh, so a couple of things. I definitely want to do new and more like unusual formats. What I told you, like how I also maybe changed over the years that before I would be like worried to do different things and new things. And maybe I would be like, I'm not sure if I have time, capacity. Now I'm like, bring it on universe. I'm ready for this. If someone will be like, let's take this podcast and do something completely unusual. I don't know, like a... I cannot even think like, let's take it to a Speti or a film. I don't know, like weird concepts, ideas where people would want to contribute and be part of it and do an experience together. I would be like, yes, like, let's try it out. And I love people approaching and I kind of send this message to universe, like approach me and propose really cool things. Let's do something cool, big, different together. Like, I'm really open to that as long as it's really challenging, you know. What for sure is being planned is like we're going to do a live podcast with the lovely guys from OUT, which is Objekte unserer Tage, and this beautiful space in Kreuzberg. And we're going to do a live pod there, get everyone together. And I think that's going to be the start of the year. And there's also amazing, very special like event location just came up, which is Berlin State Opera. And it's just so special to bring Connect WA podcast to the culture scene of Berlin and do something with such a known cultural place in Berlin. So that's going to be also very unique. And I think that's also going to be somewhere Q1 of the year 2024. So this is so far what is planned. Sounds very exciting already. One more thing that comes to my mind is actually taking W Podcast on a tour. Ooh, tell me more. Doing episodes from other places, like maybe New York or Mexico City. I don't know. <laughs> That could be fun, no? I love it. So I, of course, want to make sure that we can all take action and take your can-do spirit with us. What is some advice or insights that you have learning from your experience with WAA that we can all take with us now? Oh, that's a big question. When I think about the podcast, launching a podcast, for me, it was like, I'm a very curious person. I want to know what other people are doing and I want to inspire this curiosity in other people. Even if they have a little bit of that active mind that they are like, well, I want to challenge myself. I want to see what kind of life I want to create for myself. And I hope this podcast channels that curiosity and, and brings it more to light. And I want people to ask themselves, like, what kind of life do you want to create for yourself? And are you already making steps towards it or what's stopping you from doing it? How can you change it? And my own story with the podcast was I wasn't doing it. And then I started and I started doing those small steps 
And it was the best experience ever. Like I've grown so much over those what almost three years as a person, as a, as a creator, as a host. And I created something valuable for people in return. Like this is the best opportunity ever. Was it easy to start it? No. Was it, is it still easy? No, there's those challenges. But would I do it again? For sure. Like no regrets. I actually don't know what kind of person would I be without it. So I want that the people have this opportunity to ask themselves if there's something that in their mind they think they want to try or do and work like they have some kind of skill set, they have some kind of strengths and they want to develop it further. They want to, they know they're really good at maybe interviewing people or hosting. And if they want to tap on it further, just give it a try, see where it takes you and devote yourself to it. And I think there is a, also another part of it is that don't wait for a perfect moment. And sometimes we think there will be a better circumstances, there will be more time, there will be better opportunity in the future. But you might be disappointed because it could be true, but it also could not be true. Life is unpredictable, and that's the truth. You, you think that in the future it will be better, but what if it not? So why should you wait for things, right? Time is such an unpredictable aspect in our lives. So no matter what's happening in the world, life goes on. Like your personal life never stops because there are some things happening in the world or some circumstances that are affecting you and how like your life goes on. We are growing older every day. So in the moment of that opportunity, take the first step and see what could this be. It could be also like a small step. It just can be like reading up on a topic, but don't make it one of your like backlog topics because then your basically whole life and interests you have are going to be on the backlog. And then later you'll be like, well, why didn't I not find time for it? Why I didn't prioritize? This was actually very important for me. So whether or not you feel like you have a project, an idea, whether you feel it's the right time or not, maybe challenge yourself and see if you could do small steps and try a side hustle, try maybe something on the weekend, in the evening, read up on this. But it's okay if it's different to your like daily schedule and you're pushing yourself outside of that strict schedule you have for yourself. Like It's okay to also try things where you feel maybe it does not make sense yet, but it will make sense later. And as I said, you can always go back and say, this was not for me. That door doesn't close. The doors in front of you, you need to open. But afterwards, you can always walk back and close that. That's not a problem. I love it. Make sure you're a creator of your own life and make your vision a reality. And don't wait for someone to make a decision on you and on the life you need to be living. Perfect. I feel like that is now full (laughs) circle, honestly. It started with you just doing something, taking action. And now you're telling other people to do the same. Thank you so much, Daria for taking the time to talk to me, us, all the listeners, and taking us on the journey. It's so exciting to watch you every single day, what you build. It's amazing. And for opening up and telling, sharing all the challenges, ups and downs and everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cara, for this interview. I hope this went well, and I hope people were curious to hear about those things. And definitely... I encourage guys like reach out to me whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, email. Let me know what you think. And if you want me to elaborate on some of the things and applause to Kara for amazing <laughs> interviewer. So who knows, maybe she starts a podcast <laughs> or her own. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. 
If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.